All right, great. Let's get started. My name is Richard C. Wilson. I'm a founder of the Family Office Club. I started the organization in 2007. We have 15 employees on the team. We've hosted 170 discussion panels uh, in the industry, 140 live events, and about 40 webinars such as this. I've written 13 books. I've produced 1,800 videos uh, among our team. And we're unique in that we're providing thought leadership on the ultra-wealthy space of family offices, providing a lot of best practices on investor relations and raising capital because we're also serving investors. So we try to do things that others are not. There's thousands of placement agents out there, people who will raise capital and be a hired gun and for a commission will help someone raise capital. Um, but we're different in that we provide investor databases. Uh, we provide capital raising coaching. We provide free feedback on your pitch decks and all your capital raising materials every quarter as part of your membership. We're different in that we have a subscription option or an annual membership option. And the subscription, um, you can try out the membership for just a dollar for the first three days just to test drive us. We really are trying to make you go from 40 miles per hour to 55 or go from 20 miles per hour to 50 miles per hour, make everything go faster, get better conversion rates, better responses, raise capital more efficiently, and investors want you to have this information. They complain on stage when people don't act in the ways that we're about to suggest to help you start raising capital and get your first investor closed. And they want this knowledge to cross over to the other side. And so by representing our close to 200 investors we have under contract that we help place into direct investments, um, we're always learning. We're always exchanging text messages, emails. Just this morning, we signed a $5 million uh, our investor signed a $5 million commitment to invest in a deal. Uh, just this morning, we sent a term sheet uh, for a $250,000 investment to one of my investors here in Florida. And we're structuring a deal with the chain of dental clinics right now. So all of that stuff that we're learning all the time, we share through the Family Office Club in our workshops, webinars, et cetera. So that said, I'm going to jump right into the content and I share my screen now so you guys can see the slides as I go. Please submit your questions through the Q&A functionality. Uh, that's built into Zoom here. And if you didn't, if you missed it before, we are recording this, but the recording is only available for charter members. And we're gonna be focused today on how to get momentum. If you've never raised capital before, you're looking to close your first investor, and we're gonna help you get momentum and get progress on that and point you to the seven things that you need that are really fundamental to making great progress uh, in getting started raising capital. All right, so uh, I mentioned earlier, we've met with over 2,500 family offices in person. I've helped start around 100 family offices. Right now we're serving just under 200 clients, so that's where some of this knowledge comes from. If you join membership, if you're watching along visually, you can check out all the benefits here visually. Otherwise, you can go to familyoffices.com forward slash join. We've got over 500 mandates in the portal. If you love podcasts, please subscribe to our Family Office podcast, which is on iTunes or Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Familyoffices.com, you've probably already been here if you're here on the webinar today, but it's the number one most visited website in the industry. And it's part of the reason why we have great deal flow for our investors. It's just the positioning we have. And you'll see that's part of our message here today. We have over 42 investor databases. You can learn more about that at familyofficedatabases.com. If you need angel investors, energy investors, fintech investors, cannabis investors, single family offices, etc. We have 42 of them and we're launching five new databases this week. All right. And one thing that I always like to bring up at the beginning of the webinar is that there are many things that everybody is doing who's raising millions of dollars a year. 
And there are many things people do when they start raising capital and those things are very different from each other. So our job here is to point out the massive difference between those two things that seem very obvious to someone raising a lot of capital, but not obvious at all, that someone is trying to figure it out on their own. It's a lonely situation to be in, being the CEO of an investment firm, even if you're successful. You might only talk to a half dozen, a dozen competitors a year, figuring out new best practices all the time and sharing those and cross-pollinating ideas, it's, it's difficult to do in a very competitive industry. And it's that much more difficult if you're not successful yet because you can't afford the $40,000 a year memberships or the $50,000 a year memberships. And you know our, our membership is uh, at 1450 a year right now or 299 a month uh, for the base membership. And that's gonna allow you to get momentum if you're not part of it. And so we have fun always learning and I'm hoping that you are as well on these webinars and, and inside the membership. So first off here is taking yourself seriously. Out of the seven strategies to raise more capital, I see this one is so fundamental, we had to put it first. And it seems like you shouldn't have to say this, but you do. I guarantee you, out of the hundreds of people that are here in the webinar right now, that there are people that don't look like you're taking yourself seriously. It seems like you're not having both feet in, that you're basically saying, oh, let me get some market feedback on this first and then I'll take it seriously. Let me get someone else to invest and then I'll invest my own time and energy. If you are raising capital right now and you don't have a professional email address, you don't have a website, a logo, don't have your positioning, we'll get to that later, a one-liner, you don't have a brand, um, you don't have a team, that might just be based on where you are. So you might not be able to have that yet, but the more seriously you take yourself, the more seriously others will take you and no one's gonna take you more seriously than you take yourself, is the, other, the, the flip side of that. You need to have a clear strategy, articulate description, email signature, an office location, or at least a PO box where professional business mail can go to, a track record of small hits, even if you haven't done a lot yet, some sort of track record timeline of your development. And so many people that come to us trying to get started don't have any of that. I know someone who has a $100 million portfolio of real estate, I have a call with a $1.5 billion commercial real estate firm that I just closed a $15 million deal with. And I have another lead for them on a $20 million equity check size deal. But the counterparty uh, uses Gmail. They have a logo and brand, not the strongest um, positioning quite yet. Um, they don't have an advisory board yet, you know, and they're at hundred million in assets. So that just shows how the perception could be that you don't take it seriously, even if you do. Um, I meanwhile see a lot of individuals who are getting started. They email us about membership and they tell us what they're doing. And they say like, hey, do you know any investors you could introduce me to about this? And they're emailing me from Gmail or Yahoo, or I just hung up the phone with someone who owns part of a bank and the bank is raising capital and they give an 8% preferred return. And I said, okay, well, send me some materials. I said, oh yeah, we don't have any materials. I said, okay. Or someone said, oh, we have a, we have a company. I'm like, oh yeah, we don't have a website. It's like, well, you can create one for about 10 bucks these days. You get a professional email address for about $10. It create a professional, great website. It's probably going to be 2,500 to 5,000. Um, but just to have a basic thing in place is so elementary. If you don't have that, do that before anything else. So I just want to get that out of the way. I mentioned it first. It shouldn't have to be said, but it does. Don't ask other people to invest. If you haven't invested your own time, energy, and just a little bit of money, a couple thousand dollars, you can get some base things in place. All right, second point here. Identify the context of your unique position, the trifecta 
of your strengths versus other things you could spend your time on as a team and individual, your competitors, what are all of them doing? What are the best of them doing? What are the gorillas doing? What are the fastest growing firms doing? And keeping your strengths and then the in mind. And also keeping in mind, what do your investors want? Which are basically your customers. What do your clients really want? What are they demanding? Where is there a thirst? Where is there a lot of demand? Where is there a growing demand or a massive future demand that is starting to emerge and you could, you could survive by serving that future demand now, but it's only gonna grow. That intersection of those three areas, which are your own strengths, what your competitors are doing, where the trend is and the strength and the growth, and what your competitors are asking for, the overlap of those three is what's being shown here visually. And what they're saying here is that if you, can, you compete where your competitor is best and your brand does best, but customers don't want it, you know, that's called the dumb zone. It's very competitive and, and nobody wants it. It's commoditized. Um, if you're operating at that intersection, then you're going to grow so much faster than everyone else. You really need to take care of step one and think about and meditate on the step two. And if you nail this, it's going to change everything. Your trajectory could be 10 times as fast or it could be the difference of going out of business to getting $10 million, $30 million worth of deals done or capital raised in a single year. So I just wanna encourage everyone to, to stop and just think about this for a minute and maybe write down a couple notes of where your focus is that meets that kind of trifecta screening so that you get a better ROI on your time spent. People don't wanna get another email about an investment firm that sounds like the other 200 that emailed them that same day. And it's a hard game to raise capital. It doesn't matter if you have a billion in assets or 20 billion, everyone still has a challenge raising capital, wants help raising capital, wants more introductions, more strategies, et cetera. All right, now we're gonna go into um, investor focus. This is something you should figure out early on. Um, it's something we've covered in some other webinars, but on the slides today, I wanna to rattle through a whole bunch of things that are top of mind when I say a certain topic, just so that you could go and think about any one of these things and optimize it. And wherever you are, you might not have optimized it for all of these different areas. So there, everyone has something they can improve, including myself, on your investor focus, on how the perception of how seriously you take yourself, on the context of where you compete. And you know, I'll go into some examples if we have time at the end of the webinar on each of these and how we interpret that, and how we work on it every day here at the Family Office Club and within our investor division as well. So on investor focus, you can think about the investor type you go after, angel investors, that are part of a club, high net worth investors you meet through a certain social circle you're part of perhaps, or business owners of a certain type, or Porsche club members that you belong to a, a club of. Uh, the words you use have to change. If you're going to institutional investors and banks, that's gonna be different than going to someone you met at the golf club who only invest in one deal per year. Uh, your graphics, you know, there's different expectation of polish and institutional quality and detailed illustration of your strategy and your process when you get to a more sophisticated investor. Otherwise, it's just gonna look like a high school homework assignment done over a weekend and no one's gonna take it seriously. The type of investor you choose changes all of these 14 things that I'm talking about here. Where you live and where your office is can dramatically change your traction with investors because you might just naturally meet them. It's not that they say, if you don't live in the Hamptons, we're not gonna invest with you. But if you live in some area where you someone in the elevator or someone that you see on the tennis court or the golf course or at the gym is a potential investor, then things are just going to go better than if you don't have that good, look work, that good luck working for you. 
Uh, starting local helps with investor focus. I would always start local or regional, one to three hour flights. You can get there and back the same day, one to two hour flight, ideally, and then expand after that. The only reason to go farther away from where you live, um, it either means you need to change where you live or that maybe you found a class of investors pre-qualified to invest in what you do. Similar to this morning, we onboarded a new investor. They made all their money in SaaS and subscription-based companies. And I happened to be uh, negotiating a gross revenue royalty deal with a $5 million a year healthcare company that had, that's on subscription. And so he's gonna lead the way on due diligence on that deal. If he kind of blesses it or wants to go into it, but loves it, but just doesn't like the structure, it allows me then to put some of my own capital in or come in with some of my investors. Very similar to, you might raise capital locally for um, like this dental clinic deal I'm working on and there's four dentists that are looking at the due diligence as well. And if they all like it, then it helps me show that to other investors and be more comfortable with it. So those are some examples of why you would go outside your region when it's niche specific to the investor's expertise. Otherwise, I'd focus on investors that are local. Your terms should be specific to the type type of investor. Some investors might just want retirement income. If you're catering to 75 year old on average investors that play golf every day in carefree Arizona, that's going to be different than Silicon Valley, Tesla driving software programmers that were early on at different Silicon Valley unicorns. Uh, the types of deals, your terms, the legal structure is going to be different. One person might care about income. One might care about being on the board. One might might care about having a safe note or a convertible note. The other one might love a gross revenue royalty. The other one might be confused by it. So you have to customize all that to the investor you're working with. The service providers, some will demand and want you to have third-party custodians, a reputable, well-known accounting auditing firm. Um, some might want you to have your financials certified or audited every year. Other investors below a certain level will almost never ask that question. Some investors don't even know what a data room is. Others will expect certain things to be in your data room. The minimum investment you have is going to change based on the investor you focus and just your strategy. Some might not be able to get your strategy at all because it's too sophisticated and you've been in your industry a long time and they just don't get it. So the way you describe your strategy and illustrate it or even the actual strategy you use might need to change based on what investors you go to. You just have to see, is it easier to change my strategy because we have three to choose from or is it easier to change who I focus on for my investor focus? Main point here, Everything you do, say, look like, act on, who you meet with should be customized to the investor you're focused on. All right, point number four, 